Preparation can mean everything in a mixed martial artist's life, and once a bout agreement has been signed, it is up to them to engage both physically and mentally for the test ahead. One proven path to success is to formulate and construct the correct game plan for the opponent you are facing, to accurately assess where your strengths and weaknesses line up with theirs in order to achieve victory. However, come fight night, things don't always work out as planned. Once faced with the opponent itself or the problems they present, the reality of the fight isn't always as imagined, and in these cases it's up to the fighter or corner to make adjustments during the bout if they want to secure the W. And we aren't talking about epic comebacks necessarily, or flash KOs that occurred on the brink of defeat. Today we are focusing on those fighters who assessed the problem in front of them and found a solution adjusting their tactics and game plan. Hello, I'm Balian from MMA On Point, and today we're taking a look at the 10 best mid-fight adjustments in UFC history. Number 10, Demetrius Johnson versus Yuya Wakamatsu. We're gonna kick things off over in Asia with the promotional debut of one of the greatest mixed martial artists of all time, Demetrius Johnson, and his first bout outside of the UFC in nearly 10 years against one's Yuya Wakamatsu. There were a lot of questions going into the bout about how DJ would fare outside of the UFC, and considering that just before this fight was set to get underway, another UFC former champion in Eddie Alvarez was also competing on the same card and had just been viciously KO'd, so it's safe to say we were all holding our breath. However, DJ was a heavy favorite going into the fight and most expected him to make it look easy. During the opening round, Wakamatsu was doing a great job of keeping the fight at range, and DJ was having trouble closing the distance, shooting takedowns against the gauge, and being able to control the clinch engagements. Not exactly what was expected of the longest reigning UFC champion in his one debut. Beginning the second round, however, DJ came out with an entirely different game plan. Rather than shooting single leg takedowns and against the cage, he started diving on double legs in the center of the octagon, locking down the hips of Wakamatsu and from here controlling top position and eventually locking in a guillotine choke, making the whole process look like a walk in the park. Number 9. GSP vs BJ Penn the legendary matchup between the prodigy BJ Penn and Canadian Hall of Famer Georges St. Pierre is certainly one for the history books. In the lead up to the bout, everyone had been discussing the credentials of BJ Penn and his Jiu Jitsu, being the first American to win gold at IBJJF and receiving his black belt in three years, and that the only way that GSP could hope to win was on the feet. And that certainly seemed to be the game plan from the opening bell. However, it was BJ who was getting the better of the striking exchanges, countering GSP's jab with his own, stepping on the inside with lead hooks, and he had GSP's face, as Joe Rogan described it, a bloody mess. With his right eye rapidly closing, a quite possibly broken nose, and BJ barely a scratch on him at the end of the round, GSP was not winning this fight on the feet. So, in the second round, GSP made a concerted effort to take the fight to the mat, controlling in the clinch and beautifully chaining his takedowns together. Once there, to the surprise of many, he nullified the black belt guard of BJ and back on the feet, controlled him against the fence, limiting his boxing output and offensive. This continued into the third round with more takedowns and cage control. His gutsy performance secured him the win and a shot at the champion Hughes, who he beat to claim the 170 
£70 title. Being able to adapt to the game plan to nullify both the offensive striking and BJJ threat of a former champ like BJ, as well as overcome the adversity in the first round, earns this performance a spot on this list. Number 8. Kamaru Usman vs Gilbert Burns Nothing can be harder to prepare for in a fight than a former teammate. Yes, of course, you know all of their ins and outs, offensive weapons and threats they pose, but they also know yours. This, is, of course, was the case when UFC 170-pound champion Kamaru Usman fought former teammate Gilbert Burns at UFC 258. Speculation ran wild for this one, with most believing Gilbert had a slight advantage on the feet with his explosive power and also the advantage on the ground given his extensive BG. JJ credentials. However, Usman was an expert at controlling the pace and positioning within a fight and had heart and will for days. In the opening minute of the fight, Gilbert crushed Usman with a right overhand and proceeded to stalk him around the cage looking for the finish. He fired more right hands and lead hooks throughout the rest of the round, touching up the champion who'd only managed to land a few leg kicks. Going into the second round, Usman needed to change things up, and off the back of his coach Trevor Whitman's advice, You're a champion because you're jab. He went out there and did just that. Every time Gilbert stepped forward to throw hard, Usman's jab was waiting, and after touching up his chin and slowing him down, Usman dropped and finished Gilbert off. After the fight, he even acknowledged that the right hand he was caught with is the one Burns used to land on him in sparring, and being able to make the adjustments against a former teammate who knows what weapons work in the heat of the fight and pull out the win is truly part of what makes Usman great. Number 7. Edson Barbosa vs Benil Dariush Adjustments during a fight can come in a number of ways. Perhaps it's something your coach calls out to you in between rounds. Maybe you start to find success with a particular weapon. Or if you're Edson Barbosa, you study your opponent throughout the fight, make a read in his technique, and then look to execute your own counter. And that is exactly what happened when top 10 lightweights Edson Barbosa and Benil Dariush stepped into the cage at UFC Fight Night 106. Both men being capable mixed martial artists with the grappling advantage going in the way of Dariush and the striking leaning towards Barbosa. It was no surprise when we were treated to an entertaining back and forth contest, with punches, kicks, knees and even spinning shit being traded. We're throwing spinning shit now? But as the second round started to close, Dariush was up on the striking numbers, having successfully backed up Barbosa throughout the fight, using the threat of the takedown and level changes as well as his boxing to keep the pressure moving forward. Edson, however, would shock the MMA world by abruptly delivering one of the most precise and well-timed flying knees in UFC history. Making the read that before each level change Dariush would throw his jab, he timed it perfectly, countering both the forward pressure and the takedown attempts. It was an excellent example of adapting to his opponent's tendencies and secured him another highlight reel victory. Number 6. John Jones vs Lyoto Machida Although short-lived, the heralded Lyoto Machida era came with it an aura of mystique, and when said former champion was set to fight the current light heavyweight champion, John Jones, in his second title defense at UFC 140, it was, at least in many fans' eyes, an interesting style matchup. John had run through everyone the UFC put in front of him at this point, but the dragon and his karate style provided a fresh matchup, new challenges, and a puzzle for John to solve. 
He was of course still the heavy favourite, but from the opening bell it was clear that John was having a few problems with the blitzing attacks of Machida, who arguably took from John the first round he had ever lost in his MMA career. Luckily, having one of the best corners in MMA between Greg Jackson and Mike Winklejohn clearly pays off, as the instruction was clear. He wants to counter you after you kick. Do not come back in that space. Fake the kick, lean off an angle, hit with a nine or a blue. And that's exactly what John did come the second round, as he started to set up his kicks and slowly take over the fight, until he faked a teep kick and came right down the middle with a straight, just as Machida was throwing his own, catching the dragon clean and sending him to the canvas. From here, he secured the win via a standing guillotine in an intelligent performance, demonstrating his adaptability and adding to his growing legacy. Number 5. GSP vs Michael Bisping we were treated to a contest of epic proportions when returning retired champion Georges St-Pierre faced off against middleweight champion and sport icon Michael Bisping in an effort to add a second belt to his legacy. George was bulking up to middleweight to take on a much larger and primed Michael Bisping, and although Georges had all the credentials in the world, it was still unclear how the fight would play out. Both were skillful fighters, veterans, and had a bottomless toolkit of techniques to pull out of the bag. The bout began with a lot of back and forth, with GSP landing good jabs and Bisping doing a good job staying at range and using footwork and counters. And although GSP's grappling was tipped as the X-Factor in the matchup, each time the count was taken down, he would spring right back to his feet. Towards the end of the second, Bisping began to take over, and it appeared GSP was slowing down, with the extra weight potentially being an issue. However, another X-Factor in the matchup was legendary boxing trainer Freddie Roach, who for the first time ever was cornering an MMA fight. He leant in close to GSP and whispered a few choice words, ending with, when he throws his right hand, throw across and follow with a left hook. Clearly, GSP took this advice on board, as in the third round, he caught Bisping throwing the straight right, countering perfectly with the lead hook, sending him to the mat and securing the win via choke. Bisping had proved a tough test with his elusive style, but by listening to his corner and adjusting his game plan, GSP had secured a second belt and another notch on his UFC legacy. Number 4. John Jones vs Daniel Cormier 1 any fight between rivals in the sport of MMA is always welcomed by the fans, and in the case of John Jones and Daniel Cormier, there wasn't just bad blood, shoe throwing and death threats, there was also a huge legacy stake on the line, with a combined record of 35-1 between them, Jones on an 11-fight UFC win streak and DC still undefeated. Stylistically, this matchup had analysts and fans pulled in all directions, debating who had the better grappling, striking advantages and clinch control with both competitors being well-rounded mixed martial artists. Cormier came in with a plan to break bones, however employing his traditional embrace-the-grind style, and as the fight started, had success getting the fight into the clinch, landing uppercuts, pressuring and controlling John. Jones continued to attack with kicks on the outside, but it was clear that when DC closed the distance and engaged the clinch, he was connecting. So, John, classically living up to his nickname of Bones, decided to change tack and begin attacking with elbows on the inside. Whenever Daniel initiated the clinch, John would fight for wrist control and crack away with elbows. 
bit by bit, he began chipping away at the challenger, grinding out a decision and remaining unbroken. DC provided a tough stylistic matchup for John, but he was able to show his composure, taking the strengths of his opponent and slowly turning them against him. Number 3. TJ Dillashaw vs Cody Garbrandt Another former training partner entry for this one, as two of the top dogs from Team Alpha Male were matched up for the UFC Bantamweight title. Cody having just wrestled the belt from previous Alpha Male rival Dominic Cruz and TJ having lost his own belt to him last year. There was of course plenty of bad blood in this one and they stint together as coaches on the Ultimate Fighter TV show definitely added fuel to its fire. So come fight night, the anticipation as well as emotions were high. TJ began with pressure, trying to set up kicks from the outside, whilst Cody remained stoic, waiting on his counter opportunities. As the first round played out, it was clear, however, that Garbrandt was able to successfully read the incoming attacks of TJ and after landing a few counters, dropped him with a big right hand. TJ stumbled back to his corner to receive advice from the perpetrator of his split from Team Alpha Male, Coach Dwayne Ludwig. He identified that Cody was seeing the kicks coming and let him know. We don't have to surf every kick, you can just blast the fucking kick if you want. With a yes sir from TJ, the second round began, with Dillashaw now throwing naked kicks and slowly beginning to connect to the body and legs of Cody until he fired one up high and dropped him. Cody bounced back up, but the damage had been done. And as TJ corralled him into the cage, Cody started planting his feet, looking to trade, and TJ slept him, following up with ground and pound. Even the commentators noted TJ's adherence to his coach's advice, as well as the adjustment to the kicks, which helped him take the crown from his bitter rival. Number 2. Henry Cejudo vs Marlon Moraes after successfully beating the longest reigning champion in UFC history and fending off the bantamweight champion's attempt to move down and challenge him for his own belt, Henry Cejudo was not content to cement his legacy there and decided he would move up a weight class to vie for a second title. His opponent in question, Marlon Moraes, was a dangerous Muay Thai striker and although Cejudo had shown vast improvements in those areas, his credentials as an Olympic gold medalist wrestler was believed to be his best path to victory. The first round began with Cejudo staying on the outside in his newly adopted karate stance, with Marlon successfully walking him down and blasting him with kicks and punches. He denied every takedown, clinch attempt and it looked as if he would cruise to an easy victory. The corner advice was simple, punch into range, stop waiting on the outside. Come the second round, Zahudo started to push the pace, marching down Marais, getting inside his kicking range and punishing with straight punches. By the halfway point of the round, it looked like an entirely different fight, as Zahudo continued to pour on the pressure. Come the third round, Marais had begun to wilt under the offense of Zahudo and eventually was taken down and pounded out for the victory. Henry Cejudo showed everyone the depths of his game that night, able to switch strategies mid-fight, come back from a shutout and dominate. Number 1. Stipe Miocic vs Daniel Cormier 2 in one of the most shocking moments in UFC history, light heavyweight champion Daniel Cormier moved up a weight class to challenge longest ever reigning champion Stipe Miocic. To the surprise of many, he managed to KO him in the first round and crown himself champ champ. 
Fast forward one year, however, and a highly anticipated rematch was scheduled, with DC predicting to replicate the same level of success and Stipe believing it to be a lucky punch. What followed was a war between two of the greatest to ever do it, a veritable slugfest with exchanges on the feet, in the clinch and against the cage. The fight had been close, but DC was up on the striking numbers and had been slowly gathering momentum throughout the fight, and it was clear that along its current trajectory, Cormier would walk away the victor. Realizing changes needed to be made, Stipe dug deep and landed a sickening lead hook to the body, then another and another as he began ending combinations digging into the liver side of Cormier. As each shot landed, you could see the fight fade from Cormier as Stipe poured on the pressure, eventually unloading a flurry against the cage that led to the finish. His adaptation to the body stands out as one of the prime examples of mid-fight adjustments at the highest level in MMA, and without that switch in strategy, he may never have regained his title that night. A big shout out to Luke Taylor for editing this video. You can find him and some of his amazing artwork on Twitter at cool2me underscore. Shout out to Ben Rosette and the excellent music he provided during the intro video. His music can be found on streaming platforms everywhere. There is a link in the description and follow him at Ben Rosette on Instagram and on Twitter. Thank you very much for watching everyone today. Please go ahead and like and subscribe if you did enjoy the content. We upload at least three videos every week for your viewing pleasure. Go ahead and leave a comment below if you want to join in the discussion and follow us on Twitter at MMA on Point and myself at Balian underscore plays. You can now jump in and join the community discord as well if you want to continue the discussion further and I hope you've enjoyed yourselves. I'll see you in the next one.